Welcome. You're tuned in to the Inattentive ADHD Podcast. Today's episode features Vanessa Jones' interview with Katherine Ellison, where she shares the impact of inattentive ADHD on her journey as a voice actor. It's a must-listen for anyone navigating ADHD. Stay tuned. Hello, I'm Katherine Ellison. I'm a journalist and author of several books, including the family memoir, Buzz, A Year of Paying Attention. We are with Vanessa Jones, a voice actor. Vanessa, can you say where you're at right now and a little more about what you do? Sure. I'm in my home studio in Virginia. It's super hot here. I am a voice actor, so I do voiceover services for all kinds of things from local businesses. I'll do their social media reels and I'll do brand voiceovers for their videos for YouTube channels. I'll also do commercials for radio and TV, some character acting, some audiobooks, babies, anything where I have to talk, anything where I'm just conveying a message in an energetic and positive way. That sounds like really fun work. How'd you get into that? I was a theater major and a stage actor for a long time. Then I was a teacher and I taught drama. And basically, I never thought that I could just become an actor because I thought I'd have to move to New York or Hollywood and wait tables. And I'm not good with that. So I wasn't going to become an actor. Many years after my theater major and teaching theater, I finally decided my students are really talented at this and I want to try it too. I got back into it and decided during the pandemic, that it was time to quit teaching and go to voice acting. That sounds fun. Yeah, I think the industry really boomed during the pandemic and all the remote possibilities that increased. Is there one that was especially interesting? Apparently, I have worked with 16% of the planet so far. (laughs) I have a lot of countries under my belt that I've done business with. What makes something exciting is when I can bring it to life, whether that's a really dry report or whether that's a funny character in the shape of a kidney bean. Just being able to give it a tone that people want to listen to is why I love voice acting. That novelty and emotion really seem to be in the ADHD wheelhouse, as far as I can tell. I need novelty. I don't want to do the same thing every day. So you didn't get diagnosed until later in life, right? Yeah, I was 40. And did you know that something was up when you were younger? No. No. So what inspired you to get diagnosed? I thought that I could pay attention great. And I thought that was the only thing that ADHD was really about, was being able to pay attention. When you don't live it every day and realize that you're living it every day, then you don't know very much. I had a master's. I did well in school. That, as far as I was aware, was the only criteria for knowing if you had ADHD or not. So it never even crossed my radar until... My adult years when I just could not do the things that one does as an adult, and especially in a marriage and raising a child and keeping a job, all of these things I found extremely difficult and confused me. My husband kept wanting to know why I couldn't do these basic things or wouldn't do or didn't do. And it was the age old, are you just lazy? Are you unambitious? Are you? What's wrong with you? Are you incompetent? Why do you forget everything? I was in a program to get certified to teach public school. And one of the teachers talked about his ADHD. He talked about it in a way that I'd never heard it talked about before. I'm sitting there going, oh, wait. Oh, oh, yeah. Uh Uh-huh. 
Oh, really? It caused me to go and seek out a diagnosis that changed my life. I want to ask you how it changed your life. But first, what were some of the basic things that you couldn't do? Empty the dishwasher, remember to make dinner, plan. Was it just boring? Did it seem like just uninteresting things that were more interesting for you to do at the time? Often the out of sight, out of mind thing, the dishwasher, the dishes were in the dishwasher. How was I supposed to know that they were in the dishwasher? I knew I was supposed to empty it, but then I would forget because I didn't see them. Hang on. You both had jobs, but your job was also to do the dishwasher. And the I meal. had a part-time job. He had a full-time job. Oh, okay. So I was supposed to be the one planning and making the dinners and all of the typical female stuff. You cannot remember any kind of difficulty. You had no difficulty in school ever. Oh, I definitely had difficulty. Oh, okay. I just didn't understand. I got the grades, so I didn't see it as difficulty. Yeah. But I was an English and theater major, double, and... I had to write a lot of essays. They were really complex and often very long. I was very good at it, but it was so much suffering to get through writing an essay. I couldn't plan anything out in advance. I never knew what I was going to say. I would just start writing and pray that I would get through it and it would lead me somewhere. I couldn't keep up the dopamine, which I didn't know about at the time, in order to keep going. I got a box of wheat thins and a bag of carrots. (laughs) And I just ate alternately. I'd pick something much more sugary and caffeine-y, frankly. (laughs) That was my go-to. And that got me through all of my essays in school. It was so hard to write, to force myself to do these things. I'm asking about even earlier, like in grade school, do you have any memory of that being tough or was that just easy? You never got feedback like from parents or teachers. I was great in school. Teachers loved me. I stood out a little bit because I was a little too loud, a little too talkative, a little too enthusiastic, a little too intense. I got into drama at the age of seven. Oh, so wow. I was there with people who were also that way. I found my people early and we were all just big. <laughs> yeah, sensation seeking. <laughs> I had friends who were much more quiet and grounded and I was the entertainer. The class clown, that got me through. Wow. So do you look back now and wish that somebody had seen something and helped you get diagnosed earlier? I do. Yeah, I really do. What would they have seen? That, That is a good question because ADHD in girls tends to present often quite differently from ADHD in boys. I was super talkative and a real daydreamer. I had a hard time sitting down and making myself do stuff sitting still. I was always moving around, doing a little of this, a little of that, sitting down to read a book or to play the piano or the violin. My mom was always like, you got to practice, honey. I couldn't make myself do it. Yeah. If I had help with understanding why sometimes I just couldn't make myself do stuff and why other times I could do it for hours and hours, that would have been useful. It sounds like you had some hyperactive symptoms, but mostly were inattentive, or how do you see that? Yeah, I believe that hyperactivity manifests in all ADHD, and it just shows up depending on the person. Hyperactivity doesn't have to be ping, ping. It can be just that sense of being driven by an internal motor, which pretty much all of us have. Mm. I can't quite settle. I can't quite take a deep breath and just Oh, I totally get that. The spaciness sometimes or the mind wandering, thinking about all sorts of things. 
I've been through so many exercise classes where if I could write down the various things I thought about, it would take pages. That's another thing with driving. I am so lucky that I have done okay with driving because the amount of times that I've fallen asleep at the wheel or just spaced out and looked up and not known where I was, and I was the one driving. How would your life have been different had you been treated like early? I wouldn't have had so many difficulties getting through those papers, getting through the stuff I didn't want to do. My adulthood would have felt a lot more efficient. I might have pursued paths that I didn't think I could handle because I was afraid I'd drop the ball. I might have taken on more positions of leadership and responsibility. It definitely would have affected my marriage too. I wouldn't have spent so much time beating my head against the wall wondering, why can't we communicate? What's the problem here? Maybe you would have married somebody totally different. I might have. <laughs> I might have. Yeah. yeah. I needed somebody who could plan. I needed somebody who could have a sense of direction. Maybe you got into the habit of thinking less of yourself. or Right. I did. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think you got into that habit of just negative self-talk a lot? It's funny because I thought that I was actually a really secure and self-aware person until I found out about the ADHD. Then everything changed. I looked around and thought, wait a minute, am I actually insecure? Do, do I have negative self-talk? I knew I was terrible at directions, but otherwise I felt like I was pretty solid. And um, looking back, there was a lot of belief that there were things I just couldn't do. And how many years ago was this that you got diagnosed? I'm counting on my fingers because I'm bad at math. Eight. Uh-huh. Are you taking meds? Yes. What, yes. And, but what difference has that made in your life? A lot. It's like putting on the glasses. I got readers for the first time when I was like <laughs> 45. It was just amazing how I didn't realize that my dog had these individual pieces of fur. That's really what medication did. It allowed me to see the individual pieces and then prioritize them uh -huh. and have the wherewithal to go through and get them done as opposed to just swirling around in this unfocused space, 50 things at once in my head. It really helped to split all of those things up. That sounds really good. Do you do anything other than meds for your ADHD? I exercise most days of the week. I try to do cardio and I definitely think that helps to get me in a good yeah. place to work. I try during the workday to reset my brain by going outside, taking a walk with the dog. I've learned how important that is you know, to stand up, to stretch, to do the little reset breaks, get your mind refreshed. I got this cool time timer, which is visual and it turns green. So you can see the time it's going by it's like <laughs> that, putting everything on my calendar, everything so that right. with reminders out the wazoo so that I don't forget stuff, it, it's helped a great deal. Me too. Did the voice coach career and voice actor come with the discovery that you had ADHD? No, I found, I discovered that first. Later, I said to myself, hey, I am going to pursue a dream and I can because now I have all of the tools in place. So let's do it. So it did have something to do with it. Maybe the new confidence that you felt or... I think, yeah. I think maybe yeah. you're right. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Has it been a good thing in any other way? Do you find that there's any strengths that come with it? Thumbs up. Yes, absolutely. I feel very lucky. My my partner now says that I'm a creative genius. That's really sweet. And I think Aww. it's really important for me to hear that because I never really 
thought that creativity was as relevant and important as all of the other stuff that people are expected to do. I was always beating myself up for not having the linear thinking and not really celebrating how my creativity has allowed me to make things that otherwise would never exist. It means that we don't have the censorship of our brains that people who are neurotypical have. It's the lack of censorship, the lack of inhibition that allows for creativity. I do celebrate that. I totally agree. I celebrate that I can have fun at Costco on the great big shopping cart and just get on it and go because that's (laughs) super fun. And people just don't do that enough. It sounds like you've totally reframed your life. Did you separate from the partner who was telling you that you were lazy after you got your diagnosis or before? And had no ambition. That was the thing that hurt the most. I had no ambition. It still really struck at me in a deep way. To me, it seems like having the diagnosis is just like this permission to learn all about your brain. What was your process in doing that? I did a lot of reading. The old ADHD hyperfocus, right? I read Dr. Barkley and Dr. Hallowell and Kathleen Nadeau. I, I read a lot about women and girls. I just became a master at understanding ADHD and my brain hyperfocus allowed me to write a book of my own. Well, tell and us about the book. It was really something I needed to write to heal as I was going through the separation and the divorce. It's not a memoir, but it does have a lot of personal stories in it. I use my stories to explain ADHD and also all my research. But my stories are the main example. When I was reading about ADHD, I was just reading these little tiny snippets of Bob and Sarah and Susan, not even real people, who had these little tiny examples. I wanted so much more than that. And that's why I think it's so cool when people like Cynthia write a memoir where you lay it all out. This is one person's story. This is my life. You can learn about yourself and you can see what you identify with. I keep meeting women who have undiagnosed ADHD and it's not that I want to diagnose them, but it's so obvious. You see it everywhere once you get a diagnosis. I can see how it's affecting their lives. Women need to help each other by sharing as much as we can our own experiences. It's interesting when I hear your story, I think about how it is almost a women's liberation with ADHD because we aren't good at some of that feminine work, the drudgery, the daily grind, the dishwasher. It's a really good reason not to have to do it. (laughs) It's just not neurologically right for me. (laughs) You're going to have to do it. With your partner now, how do you divide the work? Oh, we're a mess. He forgets all kinds of stuff. It's The trash is overflowing and it really (laughs) smells. Somebody needs to deal with that. It's very ad hoc. If we can get dinner on the table by 8 p.m. and maybe have a vegetable with it, we are doing so well. You just wait till 5 o'clock and say, are you doing it? That's how I do it in my family, too. Do we even have the groceries? Does anybody know what we're going to make? And my poor son, who's a teenager, he needs to eat a lot. He needs to know what he's going to have to eat. Say to me lunchtime. What's for dinner? And I'll go, really? Mine too. How old is he? 16. He could be giving you some ideas. I'm trying to teach him. He's realizing that if he steps up and actually heats up his own chicken, that it'll be there for him. I try to make homemade meals as much as possible, but it's one of the hardest things in my daily life, planning and making meals. 
Yeah. What's well, one more reason it shouldn't have to do with gender. It should have to do with neuro profile, I think. Is there anything that you'd like to add that I haven't asked? I've done a lot of Zoom calls since the pandemic, trying to be as still as possible. I hated it. I would get done with the meeting and I'd be so exhausted. But only recently have I realized that I can use my standing desk. Then I have 50,000 little toys, all kinds of things, which I can just like open and smell. All these things keep me. This is like a great going. idea. I and, love this idea. I have a balanced stool. So I can stay alert. I did a book reading once to a bunch of people on Zoom and I saw one woman going up and down. And later I realized she was on an exercise bike. Yeah. No, she was oh, a bike. <laughs> oh, cool. It's a new idea for you. Yeah. I am all about the tactile. Yeah, I have yeah. all kinds of stuff at my desk for tactile. Yeah. Wow. That's a good. Is there any other advice you'd give women in your our position? I think now that I'm the age that I am, I realize that I can be more myself and not be embarrassed by that. If I need to hold on to something and play with it, or I need to move around or this conversation, I can't stick with it. I'm not going to try to offend people, but it's really hard when you spend all your time masking. My advice would let the mask down a little bit and be more yourself. I love that advice. Yeah. What is the title of your book? I didn't even ask you. Oh, I, yeah. With the ADHD, I keep changing the title. Um, <laughs> my latest title is Understanding <laughs> Adult ADHD Through Real Stories of Lived Experience. I love that title. That's a great, that's a perfect title, I think. Thank you. It, okay, I'll stop changing it. Congratulations. That's a lot of work. So good for you. Thank you. Thank you. It feels well, thank good. You. Thanks so much for a wonderful interview. Yeah, thank you for okay. great questions too. Next time I'm using a stand-up desk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. See you guys later. Okay, thanks. Bye. Bye. This has been a production of Inattentive ADHD Coalition. Check us out at iadhd.org and see how you help us by donating or by spreading awareness of inattentive ADHD. Thank you.